Blog Talk Radio.
Praise the Lord Jesus. Welcome to Prayer International. My name is Patrick, and we're going to get into prayer and worship in the Word. So let's open with prayer. Father, we thank you that you're all we need, Lord God. We give you the thanks and praise, O oh, Father God, that you've given us the Son of God. You've given us the sword of the Spirit, Father. We just pray the Holy Spirit be stirred up within us to take hold upon the seed of your word, Father, that is planted in our hearts. That, Father, this word would strike at the enemy, Lord God, that the hand of the Holy Spirit would raise up the sword of your word and that it would crystallize in our minds, that it would solidify in our hearts and provide a shield and guard our hearts out of which flow the issues of life. Father, we praise you for the seed of Christ. We thank you that all we need is you. All we need is the word of God. Lord, we thank you that everything can be a complete desert round about us. It can stand in complete contradiction to what your word says. And we thank you that everything we think, feel, and experience outside your word is that dry land or that desert that is going to pass away, but your word stands forever. <clears throat> that no matter what information we're receiving through our natural senses, Father, we thank you that it is under subjection to the power of your holy word, which exercises absolute total authority <clears throat> over every situation, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord God, we come to you tonight and we, we give you the praise. Pray that you would open up your word, Father God, that you would stir us up in prayer. Let the Holy Spirit lead us in worship, for Father, how can we offer worship unto you apart from the Holy Spirit? For Father, apart from you, we can do nothing. We can't even worship you, Father, apart from being filled, led and guided and empowered by the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> so Father, we just praise you today in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, coat us with your Spirit. We thank you that we're under the name of Jesus, that we're in the person of Christ, that we're not in the world, we're in Christ. And Lord, we give you the praise for that in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I thank God that we're no longer in the world, but we're in Christ. And it says in Colossians chapter 3, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. And so if my life is hid with Christ in God, then how do I get there? What's the bridge to get me from where I'm at? Uh in my flesh, in my soul, to where I am in my spirit. What gets me to that finished work of Christ? And the answer is the word of God is the bridge. And the word of God comes to us in the form of a seed. And we have the responsibility to plow the soils of our heart, our minds, and our lives to break up that ground so it's soft and ready to receive that seed. And we're going to start in Matthew chapter 13, verse 19. This is the explanation of the parable of the sower. 
It was the greatest parable of all, Jesus said, and that you needed this parable to understand all of them. So it's the master key. It says in verse 19, When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. And what the wayside is, is ground that has not been cultivated. It's not been turned. It's not been plowed. It's not been broken up. So it's all hard, and it's not open to receiving the seed. And when our lives are so busy, we've become hard to the word, that the word is not penetrating our heart, that we're not having a connection with the Spirit of God. We're not connecting with the word. We're not connecting with prayer and worship. And so there's that hardness of heart and uncultivated ground. You're not cultivating and breaking up your time uh, with the Lord, but uh, you're being busy with other things. And so that seed that leads us into who we are in Christ, that leads us uh, to that finished work of Christ, taking us out of our flesh, uh, which is still subject to uh, sin that is still buffeted by the wicked one, that is uh, receiving the repercussions of Adam's fall. We've got to get out of that sick and infested sin, uh, sin infested flesh, and we've got to get into our finished spirit that is in Christ, and the bridge is the word. And so, God gives us the word, but we've got a responsibility to plow the ground of our heart and the ground of our mind and to give him time during our busy week. And um, it says here something I did not notice until today. It says, Then when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one. So you can't blame the devil. That See, the devil gains power over our life after we do not understand or take hold of God's word, which is a sword. So look what it's saying. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, and that, that being an inappropriate response, that's not what God's looking for. When you don't understand it, then comes the wicked one. Not before that, but after uh, you failed in your responsibility. Then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in the heart. This is he that receiveth seed by the wayside. And that wayside, again, is unprepared, uncultivated soil. So God's looking for us to have responsibility to do something. And when we're unresponsive to the word, when we've busied ourselves and given ourselves to other things and filled our hearts with other things so that God has no place in our heart, then cometh the wicked one. And um, even Satan is God's servant. Um, The buffetings of Satan in our lives are there still under the subjection of God's authority and sovereignty over our lives that he will use him to shake us up to get us to where we need to be he's like the alarm 
that goes off to, to tell us when we're going over the road, we're going over the cliff, and we need to pull back and get into the middle of the road with the Lord again. So even when the wicked one comes, even there God is faithful, and even there God is sovereign. So I just really saw that today, that um, God has a completed work for us. We are perfected in Christ. The promises are yea and amen. He does have a promised land for us, but how do we get there? We get there through the word, which is the, uh, which is the bridge. But um, the word doesn't work by itself. It requires a response from us, just like keeping a seed in your pocket isn't going to bear the fruit. You've got to cultivate the ground, you've got to plant it, and you've got to water it. And if you don't, aren't faithful in rearing up the sword of God's word, then the wicked one's going to come and um, take away from us. It says in verse 20, But he that receiveth the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but endureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is ascended. He also that receiveth seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of the riches choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. But he that receiveth the seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirtyfold. So between a hundred, sixty, and thirtyfold in the, in the seed itself is the ground that you either cultivate or don't cultivate. And if you receive that seed by the wayside, the wicked one comes, and he's going to shake up your house. But God will be even sovereign still, and use the enemy to get you where you need to be, uh, which is in connection to God. So it talks about receiving the seed in this parable. It talks about the seed and then the reception of the seed. And uh, the fruit is already ordained. God's already got fruit ordained in your life to come forth. And so, Father God, we thank you as we go into another time of prayer, of worship, that, Lord God, you have a destiny that we've been called to bear forth a hundredfold, sixtyfold, a thirtyfold. Father God, there is a bursting forth, a swelling up within us, Lord God, that just as Mary was pregnant with the literal word of God, so we spiritually in our spiritual wombs are pregnant with destiny, that we're called to birth forth something. And the enemy would seek to devour it. He would like to destroy it. And the way he does that, Father, is by taking the seed, the word that leads us to that destiny, out of our hearts. And he's able to do that because we make the free will choice to be more busy with other things. And so, Father, we just repent for being busy with other things. We repent for allowing other things to enter into our hearts. We come before you in the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God and the blood of Jesus asking forgiveness, asking that that blood would cleanse and though our garments 
be filthy, Lord. They would be white as snow through that crimson stain, that purifying altar blood of the Lamb that was slain for us before the foundation of the world. Father God, you knew all of our sins, past, present, and future. You would never turn from us. You will never leave nor forsake us. You are the great I Am. We thank you that you would not have us to receive the grace of God in vain, that today is the day of salvation, that right now, Father, grace is made new, grace is made fresh, Lord God, in our lives, through the ever-living present sacrifice of Christ. The blood never goes dry, Lord God. The blood runs continuously and is fresh for us every day. And we just anoint ourselves in that blood and Lord, we just rebuke this thing out of our heart that uh, causes us to be carried away with the cares and the troubles and the busyness of life. And Father, we pray the Holy Spirit do a circumcising work in our hearts to lead us back to that place where we need to be in you, Lord God. Father, we come before you. As we enter into worship again, Father, we worship you. Amen.
we're back. Praise you, Father God. Lord, Father, we thank you that you've shown us mercy, that you've provided a way out for us by the blood of Jesus, that you've delivered us from captivity. Father, we give you the praise tonight that there is mercy for us, Lord God. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you that you've redeemed us with a destiny, Father, that you just haven't pulled us out of prison, but you've also given us a calling, a purpose, and a destiny, a task to carry out a heavenly mandate. Father, we thank you for that. We thank you that uh, you've seeded that in us before before time began and that you've given us the Holy Scriptures, you've given us the Word of God to act as a tool to unlock what you've hidden in us, Father God, even that treasure of Christ, that hidden treasure, and we praise you for it, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, and we just pray that the Word of God be quickened in our hearts and our mouths, that it would come forth as a sword against the serpent, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've been talking in Uh, Matthew 13 about the seed, the parable of the sower, and how important the word of God is that he refers to the word as a seed. And then uh, it's up to us to plow and to cultivate in order to properly receive that seed, which then acts as the bridge, as the birth canal to bring forth the fruit a hundredfold, sixty, thirtyfold, which is your destiny in Christ. And... uh, I was just reading here, again it talks about how important the Word of God is, Uh, Revelation chapter 12, and I would ask you, uh, is the blood of the Lamb uh, all that we need for our deliverance? And I would say that uh, His blood being spilled on the cross is not all that we need. And uh, Revelation chapter 12 Verse 11 is going to tell us what else we need besides the blood. It says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. And so that picks up with what we've been talking about with the seed, that it wasn't just the blood of the Lamb that causes us to overcome. It's the word testimony and they loved not their lives unto the death, but the word, it's not just the blood, but it's the word as well. So God can have a destiny seated within you, but it can lie dormant as long as you don't plow your ground, the the ground of your heart and your mind to prepare a place for uh, him to be received into your life. Because it says that the sower went and sowed the word by himself, God initiates salvation. He not only did God initiate Christ dying for your sins on the cross, but he's continuing the work of salvation in your life by uh, seeding you with the Holy Spirit's word. The, the Holy Spirit is still bringing salvation, is still continuing the salvation work. God's doing it automatically by himself. God is sowing the word. He's the sower and he's sowing the word into our hearts and our minds and our lives, but we have to prepare our soils, the soil of our life, of our heart and our mind, in order to receive that word, which he is doing by himself, taking the initiative. But uh, 
we've got to come alongside him and receive what he's trying to give us. And um, again in Revelation chapter 12, verse 3, And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads, and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And we represent the woman, and what we're going to, what we're to deliver the child is uh, the word of God in our hearts. Jesus is the child. Uh, Jesus is the word. He is the seed. And uh, in Mary, uh, physically, she, rep- she represents the uh, spiritual representation of us receiving the word of God into the womb of our hearts and our minds. Mary and Adam, we were made out of the soil, and seeds go into soil, and God's wanting to seed his word into your hearts and minds and cause it to birth Christ in your life. Uh, Christ and the manifestation of his destiny in your life begins with the seed. And so here we have a woman who's ready to be delivered, but then there's the dragon who's also ready, and he's ready to devour her child, that is her seed, as soon as it was born. And as soon as as God seeds into your heart, as soon as he sows into your heart and your mind and uh, the word of God, um, then that's when the enemy comes to try and take that word out of your heart and out of your mind so it does not take root and bear the fruit of the sword going to cut off the head of the serpent. It says... Um, Go to Genesis chapter 3 in the first messianic promise of what the seed would do and keeping in mind with uh, Matthew 13 that the seed represents the word of God. It says, I, this is God speaking to the serpent and he says, I will put enmity between thee, serpent, and the woman and between thy seed and her seed and it that is the seed of the woman shall bruise thy head or crush or cut off the head of the serpent. So the first messianic prophecy is God saying, my word is going to crush the head of the serpent. So no wonder in Revelation chapter 12, the serpent, that is the dragon, is trying to devour the seed of the woman. And we are the woman and our seed that God sows into us is the word of God. And it matches with Matthew 13, verse 19, which we read. uh, When anyone heareth the word of God and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, that is the great red dragon, uh, so to speak, in Revelation 12, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receiveth seed by the wayside. And so Satan's afraid of the word. He's afraid of it entering into your heart. That's why you're so busy. 
That's why your heart is being pulled in so many different ways. It's being devoured as soon as it appears in your heart, as soon as it appears in your spirit by the Holy Spirit. Uh, this serpent, the great red dragon, is also there to tr- try and take that word out of your heart. He's going to try and take it out of your mind because he knows that if that word grows into your, in your heart and in your mind long enough, it t- if it takes root, it's going to bear forth the fruit of the sword. And that sword is going to crush the head of the enemy. It's going to cut off. Uh, all of his dealings and his workings in your life. And so uh, as we go down in Revelation 12, go to verse 8 and it uh, says that they're fighting with the dragon, Michael and his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And that great dragon was cast out. God's word will cast out the great dragon that old serpent and we're just talking about the old serpent in Genesis chapter 3 that old serpent called the devil and Satan which deceiveth the whole world he was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. Accuser of our, bre- of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. See, it says, now is salvation come. Salvation came after the word of God had power and effect in casting out and crushing the head of the serpent. So between you and your salvation, between you and the kingdom of God, between you and your destiny is the serpent. But God has given you a sword. The only problem is is that the sword is in in the form of a packet of seeds that you have to sow on ground, that you have to prepare, and that you have to till, that you have to break up, that you've got to protect from the animals and protect from people stepping on it, protect it from neglect. You have to protect it from a lack of water. You've got to cultivate these seeds until they turn off turn into a sword coming out of your mouth says that Jesus will open up his his mouth and by the breath of his mouth consume the wicked God's waiting for you to open wide your mouth and he will fill it with a sword that will lop off the head of the serpent to cause you to get to your salvation your strength the kingdom of God and your destiny And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And that's exactly what happened to Jesus in Matthew 4 when he was in the desert. Jesus kept on confessing the word of God that he had cultivated in his heart. He wasn't like those who the word was sown on stony soil and it had faded away but he had a great root in his heart and uh, it was not at the beginning of the 40 days he was in the desert he was at the last of the 40 days when he was at his weakest when we probably would have not had the word of God in our hearts at that time but Jesus had it rooted in his heart and so he was able to deflect the accuser of the brethren 
he was able to deflect that old serpent called the devil, which deceiveth the whole world. And um, by using the word as a sword, he was able to prevail until he made it through his fast and got to the other side of it and reached the anointing that he then went and started preaching with the first time he, he began preaching in the synagogues. He had to go through a 40-day desert in order to get that anointing. And on the other side of our desert, God has a coat of many colors of blessing, of anointing that he wants to put upon your life. And between that point of victory and the desert is you and the serpent. And the serpent doesn't have power because God's given you the seed of, God, of his word. So it's you, the serpent, and your choice about whether or not you've cultivated your ground and tilled it. Or is that seed going to fall on the wayside, which is uncultivated soil? Like I talked about earlier, Matthew chapter 13, verse 19. Then anyone, when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one. So the devil doesn't have power over us. Uh, the word of God has power over him. But if we don't cultivate our hearts to grow up the word of God in our lives, then the word is going to be so weak in us that the wicked one will come and prevail against us and cast us down rather than us casting him down. And I like what it says in Revelation 12, verse 4, for, uh, before the woman, and the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And it talks about it, the seed, as being it. And then it also says in Matthew 13, but he that receiveth the seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it which also beareth fruit, so that it, which it's talking about, is the seed. And so the dragon comes to devour her child as soon as it was born. That child is the Word of God, appearing in your heart, appearing in the womb of your mind, uh, con being conceived there by the Holy Spirit, overshadowing you in spirit and truth, just like... He did with Mary in the natural, which is an example of what happens to us in the spiritual. So, Father God, we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus that, um, Lord God, you've given us the word of God. You've given us that seed, that power to face the enemy in the desert, that on the other side of the enemy is that anointing to preach the gospel, is to, to break forth in the kingdom. And Father, we just rebuke uh, the attack of the enemy off our lives in Jesus' name. We just decree there's freedom, Father. Lord, all the assignments of the enemy to try and get us busy, to try and get us involved in all of this work and all of the cares and the worries of the world that choke out the seed, that cause it, Father God, to be diminished in our lives so that when the serpent comes, when the wicked one comes, Father, he finds 
that our seed has fallen upon uncultivated soil, that it is not grown, it is not full, it is not mature, it is not a complete, uh, perfected sword to cut off his head, Father. Lord, we pray against all those things that hinder us from receiving your word. We draw the bloodline round about our lives. We draw the bloodlines in our hearts and our minds, Father, and we break every yoke. We break every chain, every plague, every mist of darkness. Father, that great red dragon that comes with trying to inject worry into our hearts, he tries to inject preconceived ideas and meditations of the flesh into our mind. That as we meditate upon uh, hurts and wounds and problems and things that don't even matter, Lord God, we are distracted from cultivating your soil, your, your word, Father. And so that word just lies dormant, and it doesn't grow. It's not being watered. It's not being nourished and protected like it was in Mary's womb. Father, we repent of this, and we just ask that you'd cleanse us, Father, from busyness, from worries, from cares, from being full of unbelief and fear. And we thank you, Father, that your word has power that your word, Lord God, bears forth faith. It creates faith in us that when we hear the word, faith comes by hearing it. And so, Lord, we thank you for the companion of the Holy Spirit. We thank you that he is speaking to us constantly, automatically, in and of his own uh, initiative, apart from us, Lord God, that you are still working out the plan of salvation and so, Father, we just open our hearts and our minds to receive your word. We give you praise, Father, tonight in the mighty name of Jesus as we go back into a time of worship. Amen.
said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region. It goes down into the valley and enters the sea. And when it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the river goes, shall live. 